I'm Chan Storland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As always, I'm joined today by Travis Hull, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group. And today we'll be discussing some bad times that have hit the uh, Facebook group of Oink that have led to uh, some administrator changes. And uh, then we'll also finish up the podcast by discussing Hell Chosen, a term that has become known for describing the difficulties of living here in South Korea. Of course, South Korea is a great country. I enjoy living here, but uh, there's there's a downside, I would say, especially if you're Korean. So we'll be discussing that as well. But uh, Travis, how are you doing? It's very cold. It is. I was just going to comment on the weather because that's what people seem to be commenting on these days. I think it, I saw it's supposed to get this weekend to like uh, negative 17 Celsius. So that's pretty cold for us here in Korea. It, the funny thing is, is um, I live in an apartment with my girlfriend and it's a rather new building. So we don't have this problem. But on Facebook, the last couple of days, I've just been reading these sad stories of my friends whose pipes froze or like oh, that sounds burst. terrible. That's expensive. So, yeah. So they don't have hot water. They can't take a shower. You know, my friend um, wrote that she had to boil some water and sponge bathe herself, which was an interesting way to start the day, I'm sure. Um, so we don't have any of those problems. And truthfully... Actually, you know, growing up in Iowa and you growing up in South Dakota, you know, it gets cold there, colder than here in South Korea, I would say, every every winter. I don't remember pipes freezing or pipes bursting. Maybe we we had some special stuff. Yeah, maybe they just have crappy pipes in these buildings. But um, yeah, it's in fact, I'm friends with lots of people back home in Iowa. If their pipes are bursting or freezing over, I would see it. So it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. I think it's partly a design issue here where they must not insulate the pipes enough and they just freeze and burst. Um, especially it seems like it happens in older buildings quite a bit. Well, I guess that means when, when we talk about Hell Chosen, there's another topic we have to bring up that will be <laughs> the horrible pipe design of South <laughs> Korea. But uh, once again, just like last week, the topics for today were chosen by votes from the members of the Oink Only in Korea Facebook group. And we also post a link each week there where you can leave us an anonymous voicemail message to comment on any of the topics we'll be discussing or even a different topic that you'd like to bring up that we're not uh, talking about. And you can give us some feedback about the show. And uh, just like last week, I'll change the voice, super, you know, so no one will know exactly what you're saying. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to get some comments like that. And uh, hopefully we'll get some of those in the future weeks. So first off, Travis, uh, I'm going to rely on you a lot for this uh, conversation, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw in here as well. Um, there's been some trolling, which I'm sure is something that happens all the time in uh, Oink because that just happens uh, online anywhere. But there's been some specific stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks, and that actually led to adding two new administrators to the group. So why don't we start talking about that? Could you just weave us a general image of what's been taking place? Okay, we've kind of just noticed in the last few weeks that there are members in our group who are, you know, saying they're one thing and then there's something else. Basically, they're fake accounts just like by, by known members who've either been banned or kicked out of the group for trolling in the past. But a fake account itself is not necessarily a disqualifier because there are people who are part of Oink who only have fake accounts because they don't want people to know who they are. That's true. It's not if you keep like one persona, but it like there's, you know, several members who have, you know, probably three or four accounts in the group who are just, you know, constantly trolling the group or trolling other members of the group. So it's okay to have a fake account as long as you're not an a-hole, like just keep it together and it's okay. Basically, I mean, there's a guy, I'm going to mention him specifically, who a guy that we know is a troll 
who we let in. Um, this guy named Jarvis Jackson, who like kind of portrays himself as a fat Caucasian man experiencing Korea. Um, he talks about soju a lot, talks about drinking at the convenience store. Um, and we kind of let him go because people find it humorous, but there's also yeah, people... Yeah, he's generally well-liked, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, that one's totally cool with us so far. Um, you know, but there's other members. There was one... There was one uh, it was supposed to be a female who was actually a male who we kicked out of the group who was baiting one of our admin team into, like, you know, he was basically... He was PMing her, trying to get a date. Um, and she totally exposed him to the, to the whole, you know, community. Um, it is kind of... You know, it was I thought it was kind of sleazy of our admin to trying to be like hitting up the members. But at the same time, it was like we found out, you know, we found the picture of the woman on like several different Korean sites. And so it was totally fake, you know, but it also shows how gullible, you know, some of our admin can be, you know, when we let people in, you're going to be more likely probably to let like a woman with a beautiful picture in the group than someone who, you know, looks normal or (laughs) someone who looks normal. (laughs) That's not true. I mean, Travis digging his grave, just digging his grave with all these great comments. So it looks normal. Um, Okay, well, so so you've had some admin troubles. Um, You've had some people who are trolling. Now, obviously, you have an admin system in place to try to stop these things. So why do you think it didn't work? What what failed here? Is was there just not enough people? It's 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 probably a tough job to 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 sit there and sift through the comments. I mean, and as I've mentioned before, you know, you go to bed at night and. Facebook has recently implemented a policy where they allow you to reply within a reply. So like someone makes a comment, you can reply within that. And a lot of times that's where like all the drama goes down and we might not notice. Because you got to click on the comments to see all the Yeah, so you'd have to click on each individual comment. And when there's like 20 to 30 posts being put up a day, it just gets to be impossible to like see everything. Which, you know, is why we are encouraging, we encourage people if there's something going on to tag one of us, um, you know, so... Of course, if if you see something, tag us and we'll gladly deal with it. But if we don't know what's happening, it's just impossible to deal with. So that's so if you're an Oink member and someone's bothering you doing something inappropriate or you just want to get the attention of someone, the admins are obviously listed in the page. You can click and see who they are, tag their name and just be like, hey, Travis, check this out. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Check this out. That's what people should do. And our admins right now are, I'll just name them off. It's Daniel Lee, Travis Hall, Deja, uh, Deja Simpson, um, Chloe Kawa, and Jason Chisholm. I think that's five of us. Um, and John Powelson. So there should be five, five of us that will be happy to um, assist you if you have any problems on Oink. But again, we, we, we don't want to get too involved. Um, we think everyone... You know, should be adults at this age. I mean, there should be. Well, well, Travis, it's the internet. That's not really good. I mean, yeah. If, if you if you put us in a room together, like we have had trolls show up to like the meetups, and they're totally like you know dressed as a troll. No, they weren't dressed as you know. But they they admitted to being like trollish on Oink. But when you see them in person, no one acts like that in person. It's just. The, you know, the anonymous. Yeah, that's the problem with the internet is that people who are like very decent human beings will just like say horrible things, um, which is why I don't mean to I don't mean to belittle anyone's pain or like, you know, belittle someone's fear of someone online. But I, I've said this before in different circumstances. But, you know, when when like a just a celebrity says something and then he or she gets you know, uh, people tweet like, oh, I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to kill you or like look behind you or something like that. Yes, it's scary. And yes, maybe there should be some uh, precautions that are taken. But like when I was 12 and the Internet was a newer thing than it is now, my friend and I, we would sit 
at his computer in rural Iowa and we would just make stupid comments like in chat rooms and stuff. We never were like, we're going to go to your house and murder you. But, you know, we were just like 12 year olds, like killing time. So, you know, there are things that people say that they're not going to do, but it's very hard to tell what are the just people's stupid comments versus like, oh, this guy's a psycho and he's going to come to my house and kill me. But I just say that whenever something happens, like, you know, it's like when when there's like a bomb threat in the United States and they close down like an entire city school, some city, there's like a bomb threat in two different areas of the United States. One shut down the entire school district and the other one didn't. And it turned out like the bomb threat was just like completely obviously fake and like they could have just done a little bit of research and it would have been fine it, it's it's important to, to to not just take everything on face value you have to look into it at sometimes i think that, w- that what you're referring to is the bomb threat was in la and they shut down the schools and then, then new york also had a bomb threat and they determined it was like a hoax yeah and they kept their schools open but yeah i mean we had last week we removed two guys who were threatening to meet in ansan to fight each other I mean, it was just oh, ridiculous. Oh, I think I it's saw like, that. <laughs> Someone took a picture okay, of that. Okay, come fight me. Come fight me in Ansan. You know, I mean, it's just like really. That's, that's a little specific. I think that's a that's a good move. Yeah. I mean, also, also, it seems like there's an uptick in this sort of behavior. You know, a lot of English teachers are on vacation right now, so they're like oh, that's bored. What it's it cold. Is. This is like spring break for English teachers. Yeah, so they're sitting around Korea, like in the cold, just like okay, I'll go on the internet and fight someone right now and fighting someone in ansan sounds like a way to warm up this is gonna yeah. be good <laughs> okay so you think maybe it's just the, the time we're in you know it's also school break time so you know students have some time teachers have some time um, maybe that's adding to it um, is there anything that's going to change in oink to try to uh, prevent something like this from happening in the future you've obviously added some new admins um, but is there any general change to the policy of oink you, i mean you you on the wall, it says like, you know, it, better wording than this, but it's basically like, don't be racist. Don't be an ass. Don't do all these things. But at the same time, the the description of the group also says like, if you can't take a joke, maybe this isn't the group for you. So you have kind of a, a line you have to walk. It's not so absolute. No, it's not. And a lot of time that's determined by admin. Like last night, there was a guy who we warned for making fun of someone's name, which we thought was inappropriate. We thought it was like, you know, a bit, a bit racist to make someone fun of someone's name. Um, it was a Korean person and the person basically, um, we warned them about it in the comments and they left the group and blocked all the admins. So it was kind of like, okay, you know, so we're trying to, we're trying to be more public about, you know, what we think is tolerable and what we don't think should be allowed. Um, so we're trying to call people out directly in the threads rather than messaging them personally. Um, and that's just to be more transparent with our <laughs> so, members. Well, so you're also trying to publicly shame people. This is no, good. I mean, well, we're, we're hoping that that will lead to a little more transparency and that people have kind of a better idea about what we tolerate and what we don't in the group. Um, and again, any anytime, I mean, the group is based on satire. So anytime there's satire involved, there's a fine line that you can walk there where it's funny or where it's, you know, inappropriate. Um, and a lot of members have trouble, you know, determining that line and we hope to help them kind of uh, guide them in the right direction anyway. We're, we're not trying to limit freedom of speech. We're just trying to limit um, personal attacks, racist behavior, like obvious trolling, um, that kind of stuff. So it's not like we're trying to limit what people are saying. We're trying to limit um, you know, abusive behavior. Well, Travis, as a public service, because that's really what CreFM is, is just a public service. Let's do a little bit of role playing here and let's see if I cross that line. 
Okay, so so let's uh, what what's something you posted recently to Oink um, that I could use as an example? You post it and then I make a comment. What's something you just posted that might be maybe a little controversial? Or you could see something something happening with the comments. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Okay, yesterday I posted a it was a tweet by a Korean journalist who you know uh, Bloomberg came out this week with the story that Korea is number one in innovation, and this guy decided to remind people that. Korea is also 39th in productivity, so you have innovation with no productivity whatsoever. Okay, so, so let's seems. say you post that number one in innovation, but very, very low in productivity, and then I come up here and I say, yeah, Korea sucks. I hate Korea. That That is okay, right? Because I'm not pulling, I'm not talking about anyone specifically. I'm just saying I don't like Korea. That would be fine. I mean, you basically open yourself up to a fight if you did that, but we probably wouldn't ban you for that. But if you, um, you know, you went further and someone responded to that and one said, well, yeah, you suck too. Then, then we might. Okay. Well, let's escalate it then. Okay. So then Travis, Travis loses his cool. He's been drinking a little bit and he says, well, chance you suck. And I say, okay, Travis, well, your mom sucks. I don't know. At that point, if we noticed it, we'd probably monitor it and see where it went. Okay, but that's okay. So that's fine. You're just monitoring it at that point. No, it's not. You shouldn't be You shouldn't be personally attacking people. But there's times, you know, where, okay, there's one personal attack and then nothing happens. But when it goes back and forth and you start getting, like, 50 comments of personal attacks upon each other, then we'll step in and we'll, we'll probably delete both people because... We just don't want to deal with it. Okay, so it's unless it's something blatant, like you know, uh, promoting violence or something that's like blatantly racist. You need more than than one comment. You're looking at the escalation that that's popping up. Yeah, you you, you basically are looking for like a flame war um, between two people or a group of people against one other person, and that kind of behavior is what we're looking for. I mean. And we do notice it, but it's it is getting harder and harder as the group grows. And so I think what people should take out of this uh, this this nice role play here, thank you, Travis, is that uh, word it very well, um, attack someone very quickly, and then say something really nice so they forget. So this is the guide to oink. <laughs> you got to make a small jab and then move on to something else. I think that, or if you if you can step in with humor after your jab and lighten the mood a little bit, usually that goes a long way too. You know, people are people, so if you can, you know, you can attack someone a little bit personally, but you also have to like be there to like let them know that you're joking and they shouldn't take it personally, and that usually goes a long way. So your mom sucks. Smiley face, wink. There we are. Yeah, and then then people usually are okay. With okay, that. so this is this is how Oink operates. This this is like once again, it's a it's 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 not a black or white situation. It's a gray area a lot of the time. So now um, you have the administrator change. Is Oink the same way that it was before? Is the goal the same way? It's just a place to foster communication, or are you also trying to take it in a new direction alongside some of these uh, recent changes we've just discussed? Well, basically, I added people, the admins I added, I, I removed two admins and added, I think I added three this time. Um, the people I added are in Korea, so that's kind of what I'm looking for. The two admins I got rid of were in the States, so, um, you know, we're kind of looking for people who are willing to post more content uh, into the group and also be a little more active in, I wouldn't say policing, but at least checking out the threads to see what's going on. So, um, I know a lot of people think Oink is like some negative group, but that's really not the aim um that was never the aim so um it's not i wouldn't describe it as a place to like come and bitch it's like more of a place to come and enjoy and take in korea 
rather than a place to complain about Korea, even though it still is that. And I still allow that. I just say it's not that's not the main focus. And it never really has been for me. And if, if people think that they've misinterpreted my whole idea on the group. So, yeah, you post a lot of articles every day. And a lot of them are positive. A lot of them are, are, are negative. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty objective. Like, you know, if you post something, it's not like, oh, is that a positive? You know, the type of things you post, like it's, it's easy to see kind of where it's going. But the ones that get a lot of the comments are the ones that are skewed a little bit more toward <laughs> negativity. So it's, it's, it's really what you make of it. You can choose what you want. to. And that's, I mean, that's, that's true with media, though, right? The, the, the negative stories always get yeah. more attention yeah. than positive stories. So, I mean, if I post a positive story about Korea, likely it'll get like one like and maybe a comment. But if I post something negative, oh, Korea is the 30, 39th in the OECD at productivity. That's sure to get like 40, 40 comments from people who are naysayers, you know, because people, people kind of just thrive off the negativity. It seems like that's one of the reasons Oink is growing, even though, you know, it, my intention wasn't to make a group that's like negative or down on Korea at all. Yeah, the, the dark side of the force is strong, Travis. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, now uh, let's move into our final topic. Uh, as mentioned before, hell chosen. So uh, here's a description of what exactly we mean by this term. This is from a very great website. I uh, encourage you to check it out. It's koreaexpose.com. So there they did an article on this and it mentioned a few different things. Quote, more and more South Koreans in their 20s and 30s are calling the gap between the two realities of South Korea one available only to those from the right backgrounds and another that is experienced by everyone else, Hell Chosen, this term. And there's even a website and a map called Hell Chosen, an infernal hellfire peninsula. So according to this map, being born in South Korea is tantamount to basically entering hell, where one is immediately enslaved by a highly regulated system that dictates an entire course of life. Onerous education and service in the abusive military are the norm, and the only goal for the young is to become servants of the mighty corporations that rule the realm from its heart. Those born into wealth and power simply skirt this whole system by drawing on resources provided to them by their families. However, for commoners, failing to enter the corporate world means having to wallow in the pool of joblessness, though some take refuge in the fortress of bureaucrats by taking the civil servant examination. Yet the ultimate destiny for the majority is to run one of South Korea's ubiquitous fried chicken joints, considered the least prestigious and profitable form of business, whether because there's no other job or one has been forcibly retired in their 40s. Then at the end of this long torturous journey one meets death at topical park the symbol of elderly poverty in downtown seoul frequented by crowds of seniors who gather to kill time and eat free lunch dispensed by charity organizations the only escape is to become self-employed and eke out a self-sustaining but respectable bandit-like existence in the margin of society or wade through the forest of immigration and leave south korea altogether finding freedom in countries beyond hell so <laughs> travis as you can tell from that it's kind of a mixture of like Lord of the Rings and just the facts of living in South Korea. Um, obviously, it's not that simple, but, you know, it kind of gets to the heart. A lot of people are forced into early retirement now from these big companies. People will go to school for years and years and not be able to get a job. And a lot of people are just kind of leaving South Korea altogether. There's been some recent news reports and they're basically just rehashes of old reports because I've, I've um, investigated this before for some uh, interviews that I've done, you know, lots of young Koreans, they just want to leave and they want to go abroad. They want to go to North America. They want to go to Europe. And then also with all this, um, aside from, you know, this tale that's been woven to us by KoreaExpose.com, you, of course, have the low birth rate in Korea. No one wants to have kids. It's so expensive. High suicide rate because, you know, everyone's studying. There's so much uh, pressure to succeed. And 
uh, elderly poverty in Korea. About 50% of Koreans uh, in old age live at or below the poverty line. So for anyone who's spent time in Korea, um, other than just, you know, visiting for a vacation, a lot of this is not going to be completely new. But if you don't work in a certain uh, industry, or if you don't, you know, perhaps talk to people who experience these types of things as a foreigner, you might not know about this. So, Travis, let's kind of discuss this right now. You're a teacher, um, so you definitely know first off about the amount of pressure that's on students. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm teaching basically corporate classes right now, so I see a lot of, um, especially with the younger guys, kind of going through that where they're trying to kind of eke out this existence in a company, um, you know, and maybe if they were there. You know, they had been in their father's generation. They would have been guaranteed a job for life. But now it's it's not necessarily like that anymore. Um, and I think a lot of younger people are finding, um, you know, that to be the case. But before you worked with uh, kind of older Koreans, you've worked with like school age kids, right? So, I mean, they're also under pressure. It's not once you become an adult. Sure. It basically starts from the time, you know, that you're in elementary. I say once you get out of kindergarten, you're going to go through this rigorous process where you're you know, you're going to school and then after school you're attending hogwans and then you're, you know, and then you're coming home at nine or 10 o'clock at night and you're doing it all the way through high school. And then if you're a guy after that, there's military service, you know, and then you're expected to get a job in a, uh, you know, upstanding corporation. And those companies just don't have enough jobs to provide everyone in Korean society with, you know, so if you, if you get into a middle tier company, you're kind of considered a semi failure already which makes your prospects for marriage and your, you know, your other, your, your future career even more difficult to achieve. And so here in South Korea, these are, you know, obviously negatives, all this pressure, uh, joblessness, you know, <laughs> this, this Hell Chosun description talked about, you know, having to work at like one of the, at the word it used, ubiquitous chicken restaurants that are all over the place here. Um, but I got to tell you, as someone who's lived abroad in a couple of different places, lived in Germany for a year, lived in Colombia for a couple of years, you know, I'm from the United States and obviously I've lived here in Korea for the last two years. Um, maybe you would disagree with me, but I think that there are benefits of health chosen as well. Um, wonderful transportation here, obviously tons of technology. Um, I'm not saying that there doesn't need to be some change to try to help people out. But would you agree with me that, I mean, there are benefits to this system? I guess one thing, I mean, if, if you're looking at it from the eyes of, of a Korean person might be, you know, you do have the benefit of being able to live at home until you're in your thirties to get, you know, if you're going to get married, which, you know, it sounds horrible for a Western person usually, but for a Korean person that could be, you know, very beneficial because you cannot, I mean, a lot of people just cannot afford to pay the rent here. So um, you know, being given free lo uh, lodging and, you know, cleaning services and food by your mother and father. I mean, I guess that could kind of be a benefit, but at the no, same time. But I mean, that's that's more like Korean culture. I mean, if, if all this pressure went away, people would still live at home because it's, you know, it's, it's just the way things work here. I mean, in Germany, my guest brother lived at home for a very, very long time. And, you know, when I lived in Colombia, almost everyone I knew lived at home. You'd have even more than here in Korea. In Colombia, you'd have like multiple generations in the home and they would just live there. That's that's just how it was. And it worked for them. I'm, I'm talking about more tangible benefits of this like you know everyone in korea is educated 
Um, like I said, public transportation is amazing. I mean, I think that especially after living in a country like Colombia, where education is not as important um, and the you know amount of public resources are not as great as here in South Korea. People in Columbia that I worked with as a Peace Corps volunteer had lots and lots of free time. And I think they're always ranked near the top, if not the very top of the world when it comes to being happy. But there's a lot of poverty in Columbia as well. And I saw a lot of suffering. Not to say that there's not suffering in South Korea, but, you know, it's a little different. Yeah, I think it's a different kind of suffering. Like you're, I mean, we don't really see it as foreigners, or maybe you do, depending on what your job is. But as a teacher, you know, there's no way you're going to be expected to stay at the office from, you know, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. But, you know, Korean employees at, at big companies here are regularly expected to do that. You know, so we, I don't think we always see that suffering as foreigners, but I, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, take away from the fact that it exists. It's, you know, it's just a different form. It's not that people are poor. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're, you're what I, I mean, I, I guess I would say they're wasting their lives, you know, and a lot of times doing nothing. They're just waiting for their boss to leave the office, you know, so it's, 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 it's but I, I've talked with people about that and I, I've done a little bit of research on that. It's just a little different than some of these other things we're talking about. For instance, working for a Korean company, the idea that you just have to stay there, it's because it, it's for show. Like if everyone is there and, you know, they're sitting at their desk, it shows at least from, you know, an eye perspective that or it shows just from, you know, if you're standing there that, oh, everyone must be working because they're doing lots of things. But Korea's productivity doesn't match that. Uh, just because people are sitting there at their desk doesn't mean they're actually getting anything done. There are other countries that have much more productivity than Korea where people spend less time at the office. I don't know that that's necessarily tied in with some of these other things. I think you could kind of piecemeal approach with it. I think you can kind of have a piecemeal approach with this where you could say some things are necessary, other things don't help anyone. And if you remove them, it would make things a little bit easier but at the same time, it wouldn't change the entire system. So if you made it like you don't have to spend every second of the day at the company, there would still be all these other pressures to have a good job and there would still be all these pressures to go to a good school, but you might have a little bit more free time. I don't know that it's all or nothing. I feel like you could make some changes here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but the work hours have got to be part of it, right? So you, I mean, there, it's just, it seems like to me, the general definition of, uh, of hell chosen is just being generally unhappy with the situation that's uh, going on in Korea. So if some of these things were adjusted, you know, such as work hours or all the pressure on, you know, high school students to, to become successful, um, some of that stuff, you know, that might increase the overall level of happiness in Korea. So I think it's all tied in. It's all kind of tied in together, all these life pressures that um, Koreans feel they face. What do you think Korea would be like, though, if it, if it wasn't held chosen? Would it be Korea? I mean, like I said, all the great benefits of living here in Korea, I think if some of this stuff changed, and once again, I'm not saying that like, you know, kids should be forced to do all this schooling to the point that Korea has the highest suicide rate in the world. But um, like I said, there are benefits to this system. And I think if you started peeling some of this back, Korea would change. It's not like it would stay the same. That's probably true. But I mean, at the same time, uh, um, you know, if, if you look back uh, on Korea in the 1920s, you can see that it's come a long way in terms of like worker, you know, worker productivity. If you look at like an agriculture society versus what it's become now, um, I mean, there's got to be some sort of middle balance between the extremes uh, that you see in Korea and that then and like people able to have and enjoy their lives. So I think I think there should be the task for, you know, whoever whoever runs a society is to to find some sort of middle ground, probably. 
But who runs the society here in Korea? Is it the government? Because, I mean, it's not as if the government of Korea is, is forcing this on people. I mean, there's the stereotype of like Asian mothers. Um, what's it called? Tiger moms? I mean, that's that's like an Asian stereotype just in general. It's not like Korea is the only place in Asia where children are forced to, to try to succeed or people are for. I mean, Japan it has a lot of the same problems that Korea does. You know, Korea doesn't like using Japan as a reference. But I mean, well, I mean, who? Who rules America? I mean, at the same, it's probably some sort of mixture between like corporate entities and the government. But you know, definitely the government could have some influence on some of these issues. And I know they have tried in the past to get you know big companies here to focus more on you know um, work work life balance. But you know, it's also on these companies to kind of um, you know not not have such rigorous standards for their employees because millennials don't want it, you know, and it's the same in the States. Well, that's, I mean, that's not necessarily true here in Korea. I mean, younger Koreans, they actually want jobs. The unemployment rate for like 20 something Koreans is, is a lot higher than um, a lot of other countries. I think it's the highest in the OECD. So I don't know that that's true. I mean, I think a lot of Koreans would take these jobs if they could get them. Well, I don't know. I, I, I speak to executives, like I teach executives here and a lot of them tell me that people my age are a little bit younger don't want to be pushed as hard as maybe some of these guys did when they were younger, where they were doing, you know, six or seven days a week. And he said, you know, a lot of these guys are saying that the younger generation just don't want to do that. They want to have some sort of balance between their life and their family and their friends. Whereas these guys were just willing because the economic situation was so bad in Korea at the time to just, you know, be totally devoted to their jobs. Some of these younger people can also rely a little bit on their parents, you know, so if they're making 2.5 or 3 million won enough, it's more than enough, you know, if they're not married. Um, and they just don't want it anymore. That's that's a perception I get anyway. Um, and I'm sure there's some people out there that are very desperate for jobs. But if you have the right degree in Korea, you know, if you've gone to a Sky Sky University you still can be a little bit picky. Not not really, though. Not nowadays. I mean, there, there are countless stories that are getting put out there of people who went to very good universities and they still can't get. I mean, and a lot of people, they only want to work for the big chables. They only want to work for Samsung or they only want to work for, you know, these big companies and they don't want to go. They don't want to leave Seoul, for instance. I mean, I know That's true. it's easier to get a job if you leave Seoul, but no one ever wants to. So if you went to one of the top universities and you want a job for one of the big companies here in Seoul, it's not like it was. This is, I mean, obviously I'm not Korean and I've, I've only lived here a couple of years, but through reporting and through just other research um, and talking with people, it's not like it was apparently. So I, eh. no, that, that's true. That's true. But I think the companies are also kind of getting, becoming more in touch with this and like, they're not expecting, you know, the way shake every night of the week, like they were maybe 15 or 10, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, I've gotten, you know, I've heard from students that, that's not really going on anymore. Maybe they'll do a Heishik once every month or, you know, so this kind of stuff, it seems like it's kind of changing a little bit. And, you know, it's one of the sources. I mean, if you stay out drinking until 10 or 11 o'clock at night, several nights a week, your, your productivity is going to be low. And I think companies are kind of beginning to recognize that. Have you ever gone to a Hoi Sheik that ended at 10 or 11 o'clock? That's like when they start. Yeah, no, I think for these older <laughs> older guys, the older guys, they, they go home. What Hoi Sheiks have you been going I, to? I worked in the ESL industry. We're a tame bunch. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's not. No, but I think the older guys, you know, I, I teach guys in their 50s and they they go home about ten or eleven o'clock at night at that age. I guess I guess it's a little different. Yeah, I, I've 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 participated in some, and then also I've heard some stories. I mean, so yeah, all right. Well, to each his own. Maybe it's a different time, different place, depending on the industry. So I mean, so what's the thing that you think, if it changed, would be the the big deal? I think for me, if I 
could change or recommend one thing be changed to lessen the pressure on Koreans. I, I really don't think it's work culture and I really don't think um, it's some of these other things I've talked about. I think it's education. I think it, it all starts there and it keeps going. So I think if kids had more free time or if there wasn't such an emphasis on studying and getting good grades when they were younger, it wouldn't be so easy for them to take that pressure and replace it with the pressure of getting a job or having to stay at work all the time. If you went from just a normal childhood existence of studying and playing, and then you went to this corporate structure of like, oh my God, I can never go home. Like that would be quite a big jump. But if you go from what Koreans are facing now in education to what Koreans are facing in the office, it's the same thing. You just, you know, change the color of the pressure. So I think education is really where it has to change, or at least I think that's where the, the change would work the most. I think, I think college in Korea should become more difficult and high school should become easier for students and the, our middle school, high school time should become easier. And they should also probably make some changes to their SAT system where the students are allowed to take it a couple times a year and see how they do. You know, in the States, I think I took the ACT three times before I was satisfied with my score. And then they let oh, me Oh, wow, pick. man. That's, that's more than I did. Well, they let, then they let you pick the top score, right? Which is yeah. fine. It takes off some of the pressure off of you. I think I kind of, I think I took it in 11th grade, like three times. Or I think once in, when I was a sophomore and then twice when I was a junior. And it, it didn't feel any pressure at all, um, which, you know, might not be a good thing, but I was still able to get into the university I wanted to get into. So, well, I think that'll do it for today's show. Uh, once again, that was our topic of Hell Chosun. And we started off, of course, with uh, all the fun things, trolling and uh, admin changes in uh, the Oink Only in Korea Facebook group. So we'll end it here, Travis. Uh, just like always, I'll speak with you next week. Okay, sounds good. Thanks again for having me.